This is Nick Hyam from nisagayoga.com, where you will find information about non-dual therapy and mentoring. We'll publish a new episode of the Non-Duality podcast soon. In the meantime, here's Peter Brown with an introduction to the yoga of radiant presence. This is actuality. This right here is it. This is reality. This is actuality. This is as real as it gets. This is actual as it gets. Um, There is no hierarchy or gradations of realness or of openness or of um, specialness. This is it right here. This is exactly the way it is. What this is, and the way it is what it is, is absolutely, precisely, exactly what it is and the way it is. Um, The challenge is that it is very difficult to misinterpret what this is. And in doing so, this is what causes all the problems that are classified as spiritual problems. And in fact, any problem that can be classified as a personal problem is caused by exactly the same thing. When one understands and sees clearly and directly exactly what this actuality is, what you are, what reality is, um, it turns out, very fortuitously, that there are no problems. (laughs) There's no suffering. Um, this condition as it is is extremely strange and extremely beautiful and extremely amazing and entertaining but um, because of the nature of the way that it is it's very easy to misunderstand it's very easy to misinterpret it and as I said um, all of the spiritual dilemma consists of misinterpretation Mm-mm. So, what is here? It can't be said. It cannot be said what is here. But we can approximate it, we can talk about it with some intelligence and some um, uh, usefulness, perhaps. Actuality is present. This is it. You can't say what exactly what we mean by presence. Right? Presence is... It's a given, it's a fact, it's an axiom. This is present. It's not present by argument, it's present because it is present. It happens to be present. And leaving aside what that means, uh, we'll we'll come up against this um, continually. Because what this is cannot be captured in definition. It cannot be captured in description. It cannot be captured um, in any kind of a symbol system. So any way of talking about it or referring to it is going to be oblique, metaphorical, you know, um, skewed, um, is going to be inherently inaccurate. But we have the actuality here, we have the real thing here. So hopefully if we're not too inaccurate, um, a certain amount of talking will be uh, of use. (coughs) 
so what can be said about this actuality that is that is not too untrue it is present it is this is this is here reality is and again this is intuitively very obvious and in fact very palpable <coughs> the peculiar nature of this presence is that it always presents as what we might call experiential patterning there is always what we might call experiential qualities being presented when in this presence as this presence this presence presents itself as that unstoppably the range that these experiential qualities can seem to take is virtually Im limitless and virtually infinite um, it can look like anything it can look like anything. it can look like deep sleep it can look like being awake it can look like getting stung by a bee it can look like falling off a cliff it can look like being in a car crash it can look like anything I just heard from Jeff is there a possibility for you to he says he has set up four YouTube events for yeah my, my, my software is crashing Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, just, just let them know that we have technical problems and without IT on site we're pretty much screwed. Yeah. <coughs> so anyway, Sorry. Um, this presence, this that is here, always presents with all of this incredibly, literally infinitely dense um, apparent information-rich patterning. And of course, we're familiar with this as all of the richness of our experience with colors and sounds and sensation of touch and thought and emotion and just all sorts of weird vibes that we just don't have language for, um, that humans don't classify. Um, an infinite range of patterning. An interesting thing about this patterning is it is unresolvable not just partially unresolvable but completely entirely and intrinsically unresolvable what does this mean unresolvable means you can't say what anything is you can't say what's actually happening in any moment things things are too unstable in time they're too information rich in content the closer you look the more you find and you look closer than that and you find more and the more you find contradicts the previous bit you find and it's already gone anyway because there's absolutely zero duration for any particular configuration apparent configuration of patterning even that there is an apparent configuration of patterning cannot be found there seems to be an apparent configuration of patterning we're all used to pretending there is you know we're all used to pretending well you look pretty much the way you looked five minutes ago but in actual fact, you look entirely different than you looked five minutes ago. You look entirely different now than you do now. So the actuality is complete inconsistency, complete unresolvability, complete non-durationality, complete instability. So basically, you can't ever say what anything is um, or how it is because you can't tell here it is already gone and all experience will be seen to be like this so to, to back up and recapitulate what do we have we have um, essentially miraculous presence and an essentially 
um, continuous, unstoppable presentation of infinitely rich, absolutely indeterminate patterning of column, you know, experiential qualities. And of course, since it's unresolvable, you can't say what does experiential quality mean. Well, you can't say. You know, here it is, but you can't say what is color. Well, here it is, but you can't say what it is. The closer you look, the weirder it gets. I mean, physicists come up against this continually. You know, the closer they look at any any physical actuality, it just slips away and becomes something else. You know, quantum probability fields. What does that mean? You know, strings. What does that mean? These, you know, they, they're getting to the point where um, this unresolvability is becoming, you know, essentially laughable in terms of them being able to actually say what, what you know, come up with a coherent theory. <laughs> so, what do we have so far? <coughs> Presence that that intrinsically, inherently, unstoppably presents as infinite, unresolvable experiential characteristics. What else is there? Zip. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> That's the whole shooting match right there. Or right here. So, simply noticing that that's the case is being with reality as it is. And of course, in actuality, you're continually noticing that that's the case because there's nothing else to notice. Everyone's experience is exactly this. Um, everyone is experiencing the total naked presentation of reality all the time. It's not like delusion, uh, you know, spiritual delusion is some sort of a, you know, puts you in sort of some little holding zone or some little limbo that cuts you off from reality. There's no place else to go than reality. This is it. This is actuality. Um, this presence and this amazing, unstoppable presentation of experiential characteristics. And absolutely unresolvable. Every aspect of it is unresolvable. Even that it is unresolvable is unresolvable. You can't, find, you can't pin down exactly what unresolvable means. Because, of course, you go looking for it and it doesn't resolve into anything. Nothing resolves into anything. There is no final version of anything. In Buddhism, this is called emptiness, for those of you that have any familiarity with Buddhism. And it's a rather, you know, wisely, Buddhists have put it at the core of their teaching because it's certainly um, an inherent and obvious and powerful aspect of this actuality that it is like that. So, how does misinterpretation happen? How does delusion happen? Well, an aspect of this of this actuality is that um, it can seem to be analyzing itself. It can seem to be looking at itself and can seem to be wondering what it is that it's looking at, looking at and can seem to be coming up with theories. Maybe this is an objective world. Maybe this is matter. Maybe this is a body. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm in this body. Maybe those are bodies. Maybe I'm not in those bodies. Maybe there's, maybe there's space. Maybe there's time. Maybe time is passing. Maybe there's a past. Maybe there's a future. Maybe there's memory. Maybe there's communication. And of course, we end, you end up essentially, one of the places you may think you're ending up is human consensus reality where, hey, I'm Peter Brown and I was born in 1950 and this is my body and 
and that's not. This is the this is the universe, the world that's out there, and I'm stuck in it. I'm this little, you know, um, semi-evolved primate wandering around trying not to get squished by something bigger uh, or eaten or what have you. And that's a viable interpretation, arguably. Except it's just completely and utterly not true. <laughs> and it's not borne up by the facts. Um, the, the powerful fact is that experience, if, if one looks closely at experience, it nakedly and clearly displays exactly what it is and exactly how it is. Unresolvability is completely obvious. Absolute non-durationality is completely obvious. Um, um, ab- and in, in the, and so, so there are no entities. Entities are abstracted. So let's take an example, an experiential example. So you're sitting here, right? Here's the field of your vision, right? I presume those of you that can see are seeing the field of your vision. <laughs> what are you seeing in the field of your vision? You can't say, but you can pretend to say, right? You can sort of draw an imaginary circle around a certain art group of colors and shapes and say, oh, that maybe is a person, that maybe is a chair, that maybe is a carpet, that maybe is a picture on the wall, right? And then you can come up with an imaginary definitions of what a person is and what a carpet is and what a picture on the wall is. But in actuality, you aren't seeing any carpets or people or pictures. All you're seeing is a field of vision. You're seeing light. So when you look at a picture, you see light. When you look at a person, you're seeing light. When you look at a carpet, you're seeing light. That is a carpet is a pretense. It's a pretense which is being supplied in your imagination. We'll, talk, we'll have a, a lot of talking later. This is sort of a just setting the stage. Um, so I'll think of a dream, for example. Dreaming to give a perfectly clear illustration of this fact. In the dream, obviously, there's nothing there. There was nothing there. It just pops up in your imagination, and and then when you wake up, it all disappears. And it's, as well, and you can't even say if it ever was there or how it was ever there. Like how did, how could that appear? But anyway, just given the the fact that it seems to be appearing, all that's appearing there is a dream. All that's appearing there is a, a you know a scenario of apparent experiential qualities that, of course, like all experiential qualities, are completely unresolvable without any duration completely unstable and so on and so forth and yet what what can you do in a dream you can think oh wait a minute I'm in I'm this body in the dream those are those are not those other shapes there are not me there are some other bodies and this and this body is somehow aggressive and antagonistic towards towards me and I have to somehow do something about that and so we erect um, com- complex scenarios where you can perhaps erect these complex scenarios based on interpreting the apparent patterns um, of experiential characteristics that are appearing in your dream, right? We're all very familiar with this. This is what's called being lost in a dream. And then you wake up and it might be rather surprising, whoa, none of the people were there. There was no monster chasing me. There was no, my, my body wasn't in the dream. I could have got shot in the dream. In fact, I maybe frequently do get shot in dreams and I don't die, do I? Nothing happens because it wasn't really like that. The interpretation was wrong. And of course, when you get a lucid dream, you essentially recognize that fact. You recognize, wow, 
this looks as if it was a world but it's not actually there it's not actually like that it's something that's that's this that's just not anything in particular that we you know we have this word dream that we apply to and and what does that feel like it's, it's wow what a load off what fun you yeah. know let's party let's play <laughs> you feel completely unstuck you feel completely loose and free and you don't give a shit about what seems to be happening whether you ignore it or play with it or whatever it doesn't matter because you know it's not real so who cares which of course um, um, by analogy is exactly the situation in what we call liberation or realization so in short the condition that's occurring in the so-called waking state is precisely identical essentially to the condition that occurs in the dream there's this panorama of absolutely dynamic absolutely unstable experiential characteristics um, infinitely information rich so on and so forth yeah, please come in make yourself comfortable and um, what do we do with that we free associate you know we, we have we of course we apparently have a long history of doing this apparently we've been doctrinated in this apparently when you, when you were first born you can imagine you didn't know anything it's just wah right just there you are and don't, you don't know you have a body you don't know you're in a world you don't know there's other people you don't know there's even you it's just this wah this big bizarre presence full of all these bizarre unresolvable characteristics but we're um we're trained, aren't we? We're carefully um, indoctrinated in all of these analyses. Oh, I'm mommy. You know, this is daddy. You're little junior. You know, this is your room. These are your toys. This is your teddy bear. This is your bed, you know. And over a prolonged period of years of brainwashing, I mean, if a government did this, they'd probably be brought up for war crimes. Over a prolonged period of this you know, intensive brainwashing. Um, essentially, you're indoctrinated to be able to effectively regurgitate the sets of symbols you've been trained to do. You know, who am I? Oh, you're mommy. Who are you? I'm Peter. You know, all of this stuff. Saying I'm Peter doesn't actually have any information content. It's just like a trained seal. You know, I'm Peter. I'm a boy, you know. You're, you're you. You're somebody else. What does somebody else mean? You, you never know what it actually means. It's sort of some vague fantasy of what it might refer to, but in actuality, you don't know what somebody else is. Something you were taught. It's just other people. You were taught to other people. You have no experience of other people, right? You're the only inhabitant of your experience. How many people are seeing your experience right now? How many people are home inside the bubble of your experience? You know, you, right? You are the sole inhabitant of your universe. You are the sole inhabitant of your experiential bubble. You're the only one here. Look at it. Look at it. Have you ever seen through someone else's eyes? How could, how could you? And if you did see through somebody else's eyes, you'd be seeing through somebody else's my eyes in your experience. You'd be seeing through somebody <laughs> else's eyes. 
so here's let's, let's back up and recapitulate so here's the actuality of presence i.e. you right you are the presence when we say presence we're referring to what is seeing your experience right now and, and simultaneously what constitutes your experience because you can't find any division there but seeing your experience and what your experience is is just uh, just this it's just a phenomenon if there's no parts and pieces it's not like your experience is over here and you're over here somehow and looking at through a telescope or something it's just present it's just present and presence can be parsed into qualities being experienced by an experiencer but that's just argument that's just logic in actuality there's just poof this is here this experience is present and experience is present is includes presence and includes experience all of the completely entirely unresolvable infinite experiential characteristics and again there's nothing else this is it so you are here alone in this bubble of virtual presentation of you don't know what you don't know what this is you can't know what this is because it's never resolved you know it intimately you know it with absolute intimacy and absolute profundity and you are engaged with it where we can say more accurately it is self-engaged with absolute intimacy and absolute fascination and addiction even right the experiencer is 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 on experience with absolute intimacy absolute uh, engagement it doesn't ever back off doesn't I mean psychological these, sub, these imaginary psychological entities may hate experience and try and find escape and all that but that's being experienced with absolute intimacy experience never is, is never alienated from itself these, these personality structures and all that are abstracted into existence so likewise if you abstract out of this unresolvable field of characteristics if you abstract these entities if you abstract these objects if you abstract these situations and qualities like space and time and all that you can also abstract yourself you know some of the qualities that show up I call my thoughts some of the qualities that show up I call my feelings some of the qualities I call up I show up I call my desires my loves and hates you know they're just bizarre flavors right but they can become in imagination they can become the elements for a complex narrative involving me in my life with what I think about my life what I feel about my life my reactions to that my interactions with that and the whole soap opera is off and running but it's bootstrapped up in imagination based on elements that don't actually exist because the elements that we're imagining these narrations are made of are abstractions of something that's unresolvable in other words they're pretended they're assumed resolutions of something that does not resolve you know how if I can't tell what thought is how can I think that this is thought I have to ignore the fact that I can't tell what it is and pretend, oh, I know what thought is I know what color is I know who I am I know what people are you know I know what fabric is you know I know what I know what pain is you know I mean but do I really if I look closely at any of these things I discover that 
I cannot know because it doesn't resolve into a thing into there's no it there you're looking for an it and all you find is a universe of flavors that don't particularly sit, play nicely with each other don't particularly resolve into coherence and they're closely to any of those flavors and they also open up into a universe of flavors they again don't resolve don't necessarily pull together into any coherence so all of these supposed imagined coherences they constitute your being your life your situation your relationships all of that are imaginary they're imagined into existence due to oversimplifications of actuality which is not like that in other words what's actually happening is not like you imagine it to be because your imagination is not including the open-endedness that it actually consists of in other words finiteness is imagined closeness is imagined specificity is imagined that this is specifically this and that is specifically that is imagined you can't find any actual that's and you can't find any actual that's this is and it's all done by oversimplification and ignoring the fact that actuality experience itself is not like that experience is not ever simple it's infinitely complex you know what color is this shirt oh it's red anyone can see it's red what do you it's a red shirt right but is this shade exactly like that shade is it exactly like that shade and is it exactly like this now is it exactly like this now is that if you go looking at this shirt you find an infinity of shades and in the next instant they're perceived differently so what color is it is it a red can you find a red you can't actually find a red it's still red, huh? it's still red to me right it's been, it's been persistently red I've been looking at it trying to make it not red well, it's still red, sure. it's, red. A certain level, it's red but what does red mean well I don't know that I don't have to know that. I'm not asking that question. Right. I'm just asking what color your shirt is. Right. I'm not asking what color it is. But right. Well. It's interesting how things persist at a certain level, but yeah. then but when you... We're getting ahead of ourselves, but we'll get into that. So this is the basic situation. The, the, the bare-bones situation that is here is this actuality presenting as an infinite range of unresolvable apparent character informa- experiential informational characteristics um, period um, along with all sorts of um, uh, abstracted complexities of interpretation imagination and so on and so forth all of which are themselves nothing other than spontaneously appearing experiential characteristics they don't actually refer to anything so this is another aspect of these experiential characteristics they don't have anything to do with each other they only have to do with their own apparition you know when you're watching a movie and the heroine goes up to the love interest and starts talking to her there's no relationship between the person and the woman in this instance the relationship but the person is between the person and the light coming out of the projector the relationship between the woman is only with the woman the woman only has a relationship with the projector the man only has a relationship with the projector there's no 
people there, they can have a relationship with each other because they aren't there. The only thing that's there is the light being projected. And likewise, in all of these experiential characteristics, all of the apparent interrelationships that we imagine, like I'm talking to you, you're hearing me, right? All of this stuff that we, you know, very commonly imagine to be the case is completely fabricated out of nothing because in actuality, every experiential characteristic just appears and its only relationship with anything is with its own apparition. And so this appears and this appears and this appears and this appears and this appears. You can say, well, how could this complex, apparently interactive, apparently coherent relational array of information just appear spontaneously? I don't know. <laughs> it's not a matter of argument. It's not a matter of theory. It happens to be the case that it is like that. Physicists are discovering this, cutting-edge physics. Particles don't actually interact with each other. Particles are apparitions of the entire system interacting with its own state. So all the apparent interaction of all these particles and electrons smashing into each other and God knows whatever you can suppose is happening is not an actual interaction between things, between separate entities that are interacting. All it is is the apparition of the, of the particular presentation which appears to be appearing in, a, in concert with other apparitions that appear to be in some kind of a harmony of synchronicity. But that's just about the system. That's not about an actual interaction of the parts, because there are no parts. The parts are merely a presentation of a whole. The wave is merely a presentation of the ocean. There is no wave. Wave is a name for what oceans do in certain portions of their totality. And this is, of course, analogous to all of these radiant characteristics that appear um, as what we call our, you know, what we can call our experiential characteristics, all the qualities that we use as the building blocks for our narration of what we think is going on. You know, uh, you know we, 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 we categorize various ranges of them, color, sound, texture, thought, you know, whatever, all of these things. A, few, a small portion of the bandwidth, let's say, has been char you know, characterized but again, it's a, it's, a, it's a characterization of bravado, it's a characterization of assertion, because you can't say what color is, you can't say what sensation is, you can't say what sound is, but we ignore that fact and pretend we know and skip over it and get to the good stuff of, hey, who's doing what to who? You know, <laughs> how can I make money off this? You know? <laughs> so we, we bootstrap, and it's like a computer game. A computer game is just flashes of electricity, ones and zeros in the CPU, with corresponding flashes of color on a screen, right? But you're there shooting the, shooting the aliens or whatever it is that the game is. There's no aliens. It's flashes of light, you know, which, is, which, is, which aren't even really there. And what's really there is these ones and zeros in the CPU. And yet, I don't give a shit about that. I want to kill me some aliens, you know? <laughs> and this is, this is, again, exactly analogous to what we do normally in normal consensus reality um, mode um, as, as human beings. So what? So what is very simple. You know, is there any, there's no harm, no foul 
and just being a human and, and muddling along and doing your thing like everyone does more or less right cool because if this is this is what it is and it's not going to not be what it is it already is what it is so who gives a shit let me go about my life and try and have a little pleasure and try and avoid a little pain and you know whatever um okay cool no problem if you want to do that that's fine however a very, there's a very very interesting fact it's like it's like a um it's like a loophole in the boilerplate. It's like a little loophole in the tax law. You look at the tax law and it's, you know, bullshit, 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 <laughs> you know, 80 pages of bullshit. But if you, if you really parse all that bullshit carefully and look, it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. According to what this is saying, I owe a million dollars, but according to this line, except I don't really. <laughs> so if you take advantage, if you evoke, if you invoke that clause, all of a sudden you don't owe any money. So it turns out that spirituality is pretty much analogous to that. <laughs> you're stuck in samsara. You're stuck being a human ba- being, suffering the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. You're stuck in your crappy life, muddling through, dealing with your inadequacies and self-loathing and all the stuff that you know human psyche is made of except it happens to be there's a loophole it's possible to notice that none of that's the case in actuality not just conceptually because it happens to actually not be the case and it happens that if you do notice that fact you're free of all of that you're free of all of the horror of humanity because you discover you're not a human being there are no human beings this is a light show this is literally a light show and light show feels very different than this crappy society we live in and my warped demented shitty personality and my crappy life situation and the horrors of my upbringing and my warped personality and all that because that's just a light show so that's the that's the loophole this is the thing it happens to be that it is possible to directly notice the actuality of this condition and you know strangely enough it seems that this information isn't very widely available and strangely enough it seems like there's you know extremely few people actually interested in taking advantage of this loophole it's kind of like it's kind of like the American political situation these days you know we want worse Medicare, you know, worse medical. We want more military. Take our money. You know, it's like, how about like voting for something that's like good? <laughs> but no. So anyway, enough. Uh, poli- that's the, the political, <laughs> the unpaid political uh, portion of uh, the presentation. <laughs> so anyway, this is the interesting fact. It happens to be that it is possible to notice what this actually is. And it happens to be that doing so is for real what has been referred to as enlightenment, liberation, realization, all this stuff. It happens to be that that is the case. Um, And it happens to be that it may be possible to take advantage of that. But you don't have to. You don't actually get anything for it because paradoxically the condition you discover is merely the condition that has always been the case and yet the difference between knowing it and not knowing it 
is like the difference between being in a nightmare being chased by a monster that's about to eat you and the horror of that versus a lucid dream of oh this is just a dream who is this shit so the feeling tone of it is quite different so that's the okay so this is pretty much um, the whole shooting match in terms of um, a, a very simple overview of what this is about of what I have to present um, there, needless to say there are you know infinite ramifications and subtleties we can go into because again the, the important thing the powerful thing in all this is not playing with the ideas is not flirting with it is not you know thinking boy that's a cool idea that would be great gosh it's like to actually see it for yourself very directly very clearly very powerfully and it is powerful it's very powerful when you see this clearly and directly it, it completely transforms your sense of yourself and everything without again paradoxically without changing one iota of anything you discovered that nothing you discovered you've been a complete crazy person all your life you've been stone bonkers psychotic <laughs> thinking you were a human being in this horror show when that none of that ever existed I mean I, it's a, I imagine it's a lot like some psychotic in a loony bin thinking imagine they're in some horrible situation and everyone's out to get them if they could all of a sudden discover that that just wasn't the case and they were imagining it all I mean what a load off it's like oh god that's nice that kind of sucked <laughs> thank god it wasn't true <coughs> and that's kind of what we're faced with here um, so Look at your look at this experiencing this present. Look at this bubble of experience that is just here. Look at it. Light light is appearing. Right? Light's appearing. Sound is appearing. Touch is appearing. You don't need to start it. You can't stop it. It's just here. Right? And it you can feel it, right? You can feel you can feel what light feels like. You can't say what it feels like. It's obviously pretty subtle or whatever, but you can, right? it has a certain feeling, it has a certain texture. It's always present, it's always there. Sound is present. You can, again, sound has a certain feeling. You, know, you can feel it's present. It's always here, like it's like, a, like an atmospheric presence that sort of come, rises and falls. Just this, just this sort of a fullness. Touch is always there. The full, full field of. The, the, the sense of touch is always whether there's particular little flare-ups or just sort of the background tingle it's always there just and it has its own very distinct flavor all these flavors just effortlessly here just spontaneously here coming from nowhere right I mean, you're not doing it you don't need to do it you can't stop doing it it does itself you can't control it Right? You can't control what patterns of light happen to show up in your eyes, in your vision. You can't control what sounds happen to show up in your field of hearing. You can't control what thoughts happen to pop into your stream of thought. You can't control what emotions show up. Feel the, feel the, feel the, the sea of emotion. It's just a, even if you're not feeling some kind of a strong emotion in particular, there's just sort of this, this tidal feeling and this sort of swelling and these little flavors and whiffs of quality, right? 
always there, always, it's always, it's always, the field is always full. <coughs> thought, this strange, strange thought, what is thought? Look at, you know, there's always thought present, look at what it is, what is it? Thought is something, it's a substance, it's something there, but you wouldn't know you're thinking, there's the presence of something there. So what is this, That's, what is this thought, what's it like? <coughs> what's its texture, what's it made of? Just check it out. You're feeling it, so feel what it what it is made of. Feel what it feels like. Something subtle, like the aurora borealis, or something. Who knows what? Some sort of a strange little something. And then all everything else. Just feel feel what else is present that we don't classify as a sense field or something. Just these weird vibes and tinglings and moods and little just wisps of of um, energy or vibe or just, I mean, you know, we don't have language for this thing, but the experiential field is full and it has no boundary. Feel it. I mean, it's right here. This is this is the bubble of your experience. This is the presence of your experience. You're the sole inhabitant. You're the only one here. You're the only one in it. And feel what that feels like. Feel how it's doing itself. How it's always full. Feel how the attention just sort of spontaneously drifts here and there, settles on this and settles on that. You know, it zooms in on something and then zooms out and flutters around and just very spontaneously, very dynamically waving around. Check it out, just just the way it is. Just just check it out. It's always like that. But you're very familiar with this. It's nothing. You know, it's what it's always you're always experiencing. See the way it is that. Just see what it is. What's it made of? What is all of this presence, all of these qualities, all these patterns? What is it made of? You know, don't, don't think about it. Don't try and analyze it. Just feel it. Feel. Try and explore what it's made of by feeling what it is that's present. Feel, feel what light is. Just feel what it is. It's something. It's not nothing. What is it? What is it? What does life feel like? What does thought feel like? <coughs> what does sound feel like? Feel what sound feels like and feel what light feels like and feel the way they feel different. feel the way you can't really find a boundary between them. It's not like sound hits a wall and ends and then light starts on the other side of some wall, is it? It's just the presence of light just sort of tapers off into a fuzzy edgelessness. It's just wide open. And sound is present, again, as a field of that texture. It has no edges, no boundary, just sort of a very nebulous, infinite trailing off. So where is, where, what field does sound appear in relative to light? Where is it located? Check it out, look and see. Is it behind it? Is it above it? Is it beneath it? Is it next to it? Is it not really spatial at all? What's that? Just check it out. There's no right or wrong answer. Just check it out. Play with it. 
look at where these things are. These things are actuality. These, these experiential fields are actuality. Explore them and just in themselves without just, con you know, as humans we're used to concentrating on what's appearing, you know, what am, what am I hearing or what am I seeing. But just look at the field of sound itself and the field of vision itself. Just check them out. Check out where they are. They're just floating here. Look at the field of vision. Right? It's just this sort of a fuzzy-edged sideways ovoid and it's just floating. It's not sitting on anything. Right? It's just just buoyantly sitting right here, right where it is. It's not nailed to anything, right? It's not glued to anything. It's not held up by anything. It's just here. And just feel the way that's just appearing spontaneously. And the sense of sensation. If you open your eyes, the sense of sensation seems to follow your body. But if you close your eyes and explore, what shape is the, is the field of touch? Well, you know, at first it seems like it's body shape because we have a kind of a residual body image in our mind. But it's just this kind of a weird, you know, a weird um, textual field, isn't it? And it doesn't really have a lot of stability, does it? It doesn't have edges. It's just a sort of a weird field of tingling. Weird field of sort of... Weird tingles and touches and sensations. Where is where's the field of touch compared to the field of vision? When we're visualizing our body, we sort of vision the field of vision as being in our heads or something, and the field of touch as being in the body around it. But just look at where it is in itself, just here in this in this bubble of your experience. What kind of location does it have? Check it out. Notice how the patterns, all everything that appears is instantly gone. The sound that you hear is just gone forever as soon as it happens. Never going to hear that same sound again. Just notice that. Notice the actuality of it. Don't think of the idea of it. Watch it happening. Watch it disappearing as it appears. And whatever you happen to be seeing, if your eyes are closed, you're seeing these little sparkles or whatever, right? Watch how they just completely disappear, never to recur again in that instant. If your eyes are open, whatever you happen to be looking at, you never see exactly that again. In thought, whatever thought happens to be, whatever thought seems to be present, notice how it's just utterly gone. Completely gone forever, just in the very instant of its apparition. Notice how none of these patterns have any duration. It's not like they appear and they sit here for a second or something. Notice that. As soon as they appear, they're gone. Their appearing is their disappearance. Check out how that happens. Check out how weird that is. Look at, check it out. Look at see. Look closely at it. We don't usually bother to look because we're usually so absorbed with our narration. But check out just the way, the dynamism of experience itself. It's very obvious. It's easy to check out. It's right here, always. The way it's just a, 
it's appearing as it's disappearing. Any configuration you experience is gone. It's just utterly gone. And you can kind of remember what just happened or what you just thought or something, but that memory isn't the same thing happening again. It's a new occurrence that you, you, you hold as being similar to the one that occurred, but it's not really. It's not the same thing. It's just something new, and that's utterly gone as soon as it appears. So it's like all the, every pattern that is present is just is continually slipping away, slipping away utterly forever, just in the instant. And yet this is here. This, is, this doesn't come and go, does it? This presence is just absolutely solidly here. All these patterns appearing with such dynamism and such elusive quality. Just here in this presence. And the presence is completely inviolable. Check it out. What is the presence? Feel what presence is. Just feel it. It's very obvious. It's very solid. Presence is very palpable. But you can't say what it is. You can't resolve it, can you? Just check it out. Just feel it. Feel the reality of it. <laughs> Feel the actuality of actuality. <coughs> and you can't find presence as something separate, can you? It just always shows up with all of this information, right? All this light and sound and thought and just all this strange patternings all these strange experiential patternings inextricably it's a very strange circumstance isn't it this is you you are here like always you don't need to put yourself here you can't take yourself away. You're just here. Always you here. Alone. The sole inhabitant of the bubble of your experience. All these crazy patterns whisping through. Nothing else, nothing missing. That's all it is, that's all it's ever been. <clears throat> it's basically like this you're in a dark room very dark room can't see anything there's a TV on um, and uh, the room is really really dark you can't see anything but the TV and sort of darkness around it and you're very very comfortable you're so comfortable you can't even really feel your body you're just you're just there. You're just floating there with no distractions whatsoever. And the TV's on. And it's a really high-quality TV. It's just incredible definition TV. It's HD to the power of HD TV. And it's a very high-tech TV. It not only presents sound and light images, but it also presents senses of touch and senses of smell and taste. 
and you're sitting there, there's nothing else to do but watch the TV, so you get sucked in, of course, and you sort of forget that you're in the room and everything, as the TV will do, and you just get sucked into the TV and you're watching the show. And in the show, there seems to be a body which seems to be you walking around, and you can kind of seem to control it somewhat. And there seem to be other bodies, there seem to be other beings like yourself in the show, and they're all interacting, and all the all the beings in the show are saying, hey, you're really here, this is, this is real, we're, we're interacting, what we're doing here is very important. You know, look at this, look at this intense situation we're all involved in. You know, it's really absorbing, and, it, and, it's, and you, there's a lot to worry about, and you have to really struggle to achieve things and avoid things and, and make friends and avoid enemies and all this kind of thing. So you're, so you're basically lost in this TV show. And the, the channel randomly changes from time to time. The, te- the, the program you're watching, the regular program, goes off the air, and all of a sudden you're watching some sort of vague, dark, snowy thing that sits, that's on for a while. And so you sort of just sit there and you space out like this. And then all of a sudden, suddenly another program will come on. You know, and just some random weird sci-fi thing or something. Who knows what? Sci-fi, like someone, like some crazy person is, has their has the clicker and they're controlling switching the channels at random and you're watching a horror movie or you're watching a sci-fi show or you're watching some weird abstract thing and then that gets turned off and then there's no program for a little while more but this crazy snow and little background and who knows what and then and then all of a sudden your your usual program that you're so absorbed in comes back on and you're watching that for a while and this sort of goes on and on and on and on and after a while, you're just lost completely in the show. You're lost completely in the program. And you don't know that it's a TV show. You don't know that it's a TV. You think everything that's happening in the show, all the imagery you're being fed, all the uh, virtual situations you seem to be presented with is actually happening, or you're very absorbed in them and you're really playing the game and you're fighting the good fight and you're participating in everything. <clears throat> Um, and this is very much like what your situation is right now. Uh, of course, it's, this is just a, uh, a metaphor, or whatever it is. <laughs> and so it's not 100% accurate. Um, but it conveys very nicely the degree to which people typically, consensus reality mindset, it is completely absorbed in one's interpretation of what's going on and relative importance is based on that interpretation ignoring entirely the medium of its presentation you know so here here we are right here you are you're in this world you're in this talk there's seems to be other people around there's you know this weird guy up front talking waving his arms around you know whatever you're in this bizarre room with all these lights and stuff and you you think of it as being a certain thing but how is this appearing? How is the light appearing? How is the sound appearing? How is it being perceived? How, you know, what's the mechanics of this presentation? What's the substance of this presentation? What's the medium of this presentation? In our TV analogy, when you're lost in a TV show, you're, you know, you're, you're lost in the characters, you're lost in the plot, you're lost in the change of situations, and you ignore the fact that it's little flashes of light on a flat screen. Right? When you're lost in the movie, you know, you're Indiana Jones or some romantic chick flick or whatever, and you're like, oh, this is great, you know, all this, you know, amazing, amazing eventfulness. 
And all it is is patterns of light flickering on a screen. And you don't pay attention to that, do you? I mean, that's all that's actually present, but you're not interested. That's boring. Who gives a shit about that? It's, you know, wow, tell me the story. Give me the juicy stuff. Give me the exciting stuff. Give me the, you know, the, the sound and fury signifying nothing. And this is very much what we do um, now in normal experience. You know, we're, the medium is just a given. It's, well, yeah, the experience is happening and it's something maybe, I don't know what, but what's going on? What's, what's happening here? What's the, what's the exciting stuff? Where's the punchline? Where's the, the soap opera? <clears throat> um, but we make an error in judgment because we assume that the medium doesn't matter, that it's just a constant in the equation, that it's just transparent, that it's just plain vanilla, and that the program is what's interesting, the, 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 all the action and all the interaction of all the apparent characters and all that is what's important. And we think the medium is just here, it's not interesting, it's not important, it has no, nothing, there's nothing for me there, it's just boring. Like, I'm gonna, like you're going to sit and watch TV for an hour just watching little flickers of light and ignore the, ignore the, the storyline that's supposedly happening, right? I mean, try that sometime. <laughs> it's not easy because, right? You get—it's boring. You get, un, you know, your 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 awareness gets seduced by the the apparent, you know, um, information content of all these shifting patterns, and you sort of go there and, and you you give them virtual reality, and and pretend that that's actually happening, and and get all involved in, in the implications of that, <coughs> and who gives a shit about little. Yeah, sure, it's flickering flashes of light, but you know, you're going to sit there and stare at little flickering flashes of light all night, you're going to watch the show. Even though, in actual fact, all you're doing is sitting and staring at little flickering flashes of light. <laughs> and we do exactly the same thing here in, in, in experience. We assume that the medium is a constant, is irrelevant, it's just transparent. It's okay, yeah, sure, experience is here, and maybe it's something. But so what? It's showing me my life. It's showing me the real stuff. But if, but in actuality, that is a mistaken conclusion, because it turns out that the nature of the medium is not just nothing. The nature of the medium is extremely powerful, extremely um, uh, uh, pregnant with implication and meaningfulness and profundity, um, far exceeding the content of the shows. But we don't even know that because we haven't ever bothered to investigate it because we said, oh, okay, the experience is here, yeah, so what? Okay, so where's the action? We just skip right over that because it seems to be kind of transparent and not very interesting and go right to the, the, the plot line, right? This, this is very common, we're all very familiar with this. This is normal human consensus reality experiencing. But it turns out that what this what experience actually is, the medium, the way that this is appearing, the let's say, loosely speaking, mechanism by which this is showing up, has profound potency and profound implication um, for intelligence that takes the time to give it a little attention, to give it a little exploration. <coughs> And of course we spoke about this 
Um, you know, we touched on this um, yesterday and from a bunch of different angles and with a bunch of different degrees of depth and so on and so forth. Um, the biggest implication of the, of, mis- of ignoring the medium and going right to the apparent plot line is um, a global misdefining, mis- misunderstanding of what's actually happening. You know, typically in contentious reality thinking, we assume that we're this character. We are, you are this body. You are in this situation of your life. You are involved with and more or less stuck with your circumstances and grappling with them and trying to manipulate them or dodge them or, or ignore them or, you know, whatever strategies you employ and so on as in this interactive, you know, virtual game of your life. <coughs> So, and typically, we define ourselves as that. That's what I am. I am Peter Brown. I am, you know, 64 years old. I was born in 1950. I this, I that, I the other. And that's it. That's the story. That's the truth. That's what it really is. And which has a certain implication. It's like, well, okay, I'm 64 years old and I'm going to die soon. Okay, maybe not real soon. Maybe real soon. Right? It's like, okay, wow, what's up with that? What's that about? So all of this that's important, that's been so important for 64 years, is all of a sudden going to stop. Well, then what? Well, I, I don't want to think about that. Because <laughs> this is, this is, you know, because all my eggs are in this basket. When, you know, I'm not going to think about the basket tape being taken away or disappearing. You know, that, that's like, whoa, I don't want to go there. That's too weird. You know, for one thing. And then there's the, the feeling of powerlessness, the feeling of being stuck in my circumstances. Well, I'm Peter Brown and I'm 64 and a male in America. Well, gee, I'd rather be a 18-year-old female in, in 20,200, 20, you know, in, uh, in Sweden. Or, or what? I can't do that because I'm stuck in these circumstances, you know. I'm, I'm hammered, I'm nailed to, you know, what can loosely be called my karma. I'm nailed to, embedded in this chain of circumstances and seeming to try and manipulate it or get my way out of it is like trying to swim in molasses, you know. It's like, well, we all have a certain degree of skillfulness and we all have a certain, a certain range of options in terms of, of manipulating it, but, you know, the, the range is pretty small relative to if you were dreaming or something and all of a sudden you could just, bang, I'm flying and I'm female and I'm this and I'm that, and I was like... That doesn't seem to happen in, 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 this, in this situation, does it? I'm still 64 and this and embedded in, in all of this complexity and so on. So there's a kind of a implication of stuckness, an implication of, of um, impediment or uh, you know, some kind of uh, limitation, apparent limitation, that seems to be present in terms of that interpretation. And it turns out that that is actually patently not true. In terms of our analogy, I'm whatever being it is that's in the dark room watching all this on TV. This is just a show. This is just the program that happens to be on. You know, and. I think that it's real because there's not much alternative. The alternative is like 
basically a completely dark room that I can't be aware of much in at all. You know, so so I'm I'm just lost. I'm just basically totally brainwashed. The show is reality. Reality is the show. Period. Comprehensively, and that's not true. It happens that that is not true. It's not actually like that. It's not actually the case. What is doing this? Let's say. What is seeing this? By analogy, um, let's in our, in our, let's go back to our TV analogy. Suppose the TV is a hyper intelligent AI computer that's actually generating the programs at the same time it is displaying them. All right. So so it's it's not like it's 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 beaming some program that was made in some studio somewhere. It's just like spitting this stuff out in real time. Um, so here here here's this show right. The show's called, you know, Sunday in March, Peter Brown, Weekend Satsang in San Rafael. And, um, you know, here's the cast of thousands and, <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. So that's all going on, right? But it's just, how is it appearing? How is it here? You know, the, this, what, this medium that is putting all this here with such incredible detail and such incredible density of information and content what is it really is it just is it really just a neutrality is it really just a wash in the equation or is it actually the player is it actually what's doing all this is it actually intelligent is it actually you know um uh uh, uh, the you know well a player in this game it's a hidden character that is that is doing all this, but is invisible, so you can't see it doing the doing. It's just all you see is the the result of it, and you assume it's just a given. It's just here, you know. All this light, you all are just here. This light is just here. This sound is just here. All the implication is just here as a given, and like so what? So, you know, which of course, you know, we're all very familiar with that mode of approaching it. But the medium of what's doing it is not only what's actually doing all this. It's the real protagonist. It's both your, your real ally and your real nemesis, right? All this, all this pseudo, all this seemingly projected allies and nemeses that show up in your circumstances aren't really there. They're just being projected by this AI that's actually doing it. That's the real entity behind it all. And not only that, but weird, weirdly enough, What's watching it is that same AI. So this AI is projecting all of this imagery and is watching all of this imagery. And it gets lost in all the imagery as if that's the whole show. And in actuality, none of that is actually that way because it's just an AI in a dark room. It's not really a world with people and beings and space and time and interaction and cause and effect. It's just being... It's just it just plays that on TV. It's just projecting it as if that was the case. <clears throat> that's a very different implication, isn't it? I mean, that's a very different scenario. You know, you lost in the vicissitudes of your life, or some transcendental intelligence that's floating, disentangled from circumstances, that they for for baroque obscure. Um, uh, reasons and mechanism is projecting for itself all of this display. I mean, there's a very different implication. There's a very different feeling tone for those two scenarios. And the one sounds like sci-fi, 
Right, the one. Well, which one? <laughs> so anyway, this is kind of the conundrum. This is kind of the koan that we presented yesterday in other terms in various ways. <coughs> um, and of course, you can't know, you can't get the implications of seeing what this really is until you see what it really is. In other words, you have to see it to get the implications of what's involved, to get the, the, um, the, the payoff. You can, you can entertain the idea, well, gee, that would be interesting if that's true. Let me look into it and see if that's true. But you can't, you can't really project what it would be like to actually see that, to actually know that you were not, you know, you, you, you the human being lost in your life, but you were some transcendental, inconceivable intelligence that is somehow both doing and watching all this, you know, in a, in a vastly, utterly different context than the context of being a person in, a, in history, in, 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 your, in your life stream. But it turns out that this experiment is approachable in practicality. It's empirically approachable because um, the, the medium that this is presented in um, is obvious. It leaves clues to what it is. It's not actually seamless. It's not actually perfectly transparent. It's like if a TV, you can have a really good HD TV, but if you look close enough, you see the pixels. You see the little flashes of color, and you get, wow, it's not really people talking to each other. It's just the little, you know, little flashes of color on a screen, little dots that are pulsing, right? You can see that if you look close. Of course, we don't usually bother to look close because we're lost in the show. But the same thing happens here, you know. Perhaps not so surprisingly, but 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 strangely enough, from the point of view of the human being that's lost in the in the program, right? If you look very closely at experience itself as the fact of experience, the medium of experience, the substance of experiencing, you discover that it has a quality itself that is irrespective of the qualities of the apparent content of the soap opera of the show. In the same sense that the little flashes of light on the TV are irrespective of the plot line of what the people are doing in the show, right? They're just sort of two different dimensions. They don't have anything to do with each other. The one presents the other, but the other is, is, is what seems to be happening there is entirely different than what's actually happening, the flashes of light on the screen. And the same thing happens here. If you look very closely at experience, and we, we, we played with this a little bit from a few different points of view yesterday, you can discover the texture of experience. You can basically see the pixels in terms of that analogy. You can discover um, you know, um, the, the, the texture of consciousness, the texture of this, all this energy and media that shows up that makes up the content. Um, and, uh, you know, different, different um, of, the, of the more advanced spiritual traditions have evolved all sorts of techniques for this and tricks for this. But, but you don't even really need the tricks. You just need to, to plant the seed of exploring as a possibility. You know, if this, if experiencing is something in itself, what is it? And so instead of looking at what's on the show and the TV, you start looking at the screen. So what's the screen look like? How's it work? Well, it's, it's not literally a flat screen, perhaps, but you don't know what it is, so you can 
have an open mind and just begin to look. So what is what is the, the analogy, the equivalent of the screen that this is on? You know, what is the equivalent of the flashes of light that is being presented? You know, what is what is the equivalent of all that? And lo and behold, you actually can find that. You actually discover that experiencing itself has a texture, and all of the apparent circumstances and events and qualities that are experienced are made of this same textural substance. In the same sense that in the TV screen, all of the people and scenes and you know the animate beings and the and the sets that they're in in a program in a TV show are all made of the same little flashes of light on the screen. The substance is, is essentially the same. The substance doesn't know whether it's portraying a person's face or a picture on a wall behind the person because it's, it, it's, it's of an entirely different order. And the same thing is happening here. When you look at your finger and you look at an inanimate object, the light you're seeing is the same thing. The light doesn't know, oh, this is sentient, this is me, that's insentient, it's not me. It's not like that at all. It's the same medium. And by analogy, you know, I'm not gonna, right, right at this moment, I'm, I'm not going to go into great depth with all of this, but by analogy, if you look at any and all experience on any and all um, qualities of you know, density or texture or what have you, you know, sound, light, thought, uh, you know, vision, hearing, thought, sensation, whatever, you discover that ultimately it's all made of the same thing. It all presents in the same way. And the way that it presents is very interesting. We touched on this yesterday a little bit. It's unresolvable. In the same way that, suppose you're watching Seinfeld on TV, I'm dating myself. I don't know current TV shows. Suppose you're watching Seinfeld on TV. You know you know what Seinfeld looks like, right? But what does he really look like? So you look closer. But the, you start to look closer and eventually you just see little flashes of light. So you can't tell what Seinfeld looks like because it doesn't resolve into Seinfeld. It resolves into flashes of light. Well, lo and behold, we find the same thing here. Try looking at your own face in the mirror sometime and just for 10 minutes and do it. And those of you that are old hippies, I'm sure you've done this. And those of you that are space cadets, I'm sure you've done this. But anyway, try looking at yourself in the mirror for 10 minutes or even 20 minutes, just with the idea of what does my face really look like? And you'll discover a very curious phenomenon. The longer you look, it's not like it converges more and more sharply and more and more precisely into a particular way it is. On the contrary, it does exactly the opposite. It opens up and it begins morphing and it begins changing and you, you end up knowing less about what you look like after 10 minutes than you did when you started. And the same thing is true of all experience, sensory experience and mental experience, which is, I mean, we classify typically mental experience as not sensory. We have, humans have all these classifications, which no surprise turn out to be completely inaccurate. All experience is the same. All experience is made of the same stuff. All experience happens in the same way. All experience, let's say, is created from the same source and in the same uh, manner. And all experience is perceived from the same point of view and by the same mechanism. And all this is very loosely speaking, by analogy, because you can't, it's not actually like that, literally. It's not like there's a machine somewhere doing all this in a literal sense. Um, so there's one very simple thing going on here that looks like all this complexity. 
all these different sense fields and thought and subjective and objective and self and other and all this complexity is actually being generated and consists of, and substantially consists of one event, one kind of functioning, one thing that's doing, that's being what it is, doing what it does, which happens to look like all this. I very much like the, you know, our, our, our TV. The TV's getting a little ratty from being used as, a, as an inadequate analogy, so <laughs> we'll need to update it, get a more modern, more modern model. Now that's a very different implication from, oh, here's me, Peter Brown, this little, you know, limited, neurotic, semi-skilled human being, you know, flailing around in my life in the midst of all these vast circumstances, most of which I don't understand, and I'm doing my best to struggle in them, versus an amazing, you know, call it a multimedia presentation of one thing that is being what it is, um, un you know, for, for unknown, why is it like that? Well, who knows, right? But but it is discoverable that it is like that, and wow, the implications of that are very different. If this is, if this is all, basically me. This is all what I am. I'm not Peter Brown, this human being that's showing up in this, in this show. I am some actuality that is perceiving this and is creating this and is actually the substance for this multimedia presentation. Well, that's a pretty different implication, isn't it? I mean, that paints a very different picture than, you know, little Peter Brown flailing around, you know, not particularly skillfully in his life. And yet they're just two different ways of describing the same situation, the same circumstance. <laughs> but the implication is drastically different. Um, one of the scenarios we human beings call enlightenment or realization or liberation simply because when you see that this is not in this story this is doing this story and the story appears because of what this is and you are that you discover that you're not you're free of the story yet you're liberated from being stuck in cause and effect, you're liberated from being stuck in limitation. Even though there seems there's apparent limitation and apparent cause and effect appearing in the display, in the apparition, in the field of apparition, you aren't actually in that. You are what that's made of, and you are what's doing that, and you are what's seeing that. That very different scenario, very different implication from that point of view than than poor me stuck in my crappy life flailing around. You know, doing a half-assed job of trying to get through it and, and pretty soon I'm going to, you know, life sucks and then you die. <laughs> kind of a different, whole different feeling tone there, isn't it? So that's kind of a, you know, in term, that's, that's using one, that's heavy-handedly, <laughs> using, inadequately using one sort of an analogy to illustrate um, what our what our um, options are here? You can just you can just sort of gullibly go along with you, what you've been sold, what you've been told. You know you. What do you mean you're God? You're not God. You're just a human being. I know. I knew you since you were a kid. I know where you were born. I you know I've seen the house you grew up in. I this, I that. You know, blah blah blah. But it's but 
So that's, there's that option, and we're all very familiar with that option. We've all been down that road and hung out there, you know, for however long. And then this other option of, wow, what, but what is this? And in terms of what is this, what, what does that say about what am I? And it's a vastly different implication. It's a vastly different um, uh, scenario in those in, in, in those two forks of the road, those two options of being with this. So then the question becomes: Okay, that's a nice story. Cool. That's really fascinating. It's a really nice sci-fi story, right? Um, put up or shut up how, how do you tell how do you investigate how can if that was true how how can I find out if it's true and as I said it turns out that this medium here the medium of your experience the medium of the presentation of the apparent circumstances of your life and your being and your embodiment and so on and so forth is actually not perfectly transparent it has grain it has a grain of the medium, it has a texture of the medium, in the same way that the TV has the little flashing dots of light. And so even though if you don't look very closely, it looks like a bunch of people sitting in a room, so on and so forth, when you begin to look more closely, you can see the little flashes of light. Literally, you can see the little flashes of light. <laughs> so, so, how do you, so what do you do? Look closer. It's that simple, look closer. Your experience is always happening, so the... the the, the opportunity to investigate it is always present. Of course, we're usually swept away and caught up in our in our in the soap opera, so we don't have the wherewithal to or attention to to bother to look because we're too busy, you know, fighting the good fight. But from time to time, it may happen that you sort of your head is out of, out of above water and you're relaxing and you're chilling out and th- you weren't really in the thick of it too much, and you might sort of just look around and. Oh, this is pretty it's pretty interesting here it's a pretty strange phenomenon going on here this thing this experience this perception you know what is it that's seeing this what is it that's being seen what's it made of what what texture does it have what degree of of pixelation does it have you know I mean obviously not literally in those terms but these are kind of jumping off points to looking at experiencing rather than being lost in our usual interpretations of experience, being lost in the soap opera of that we're creating by interpreting our life as here I am in this world in these circumstances and blah, blah, blah. What am I going to do about that? <coughs> so that's a very brief, inaccurate recapitulation of yesterday mm-hmm. for those of you that weren't here. Yeah, why didn't I just say that? Why did we have to sit here all, all fucking day? <laughs> Places to go, things to do. People to be. <clears throat> and the, but, but just to say, I mean, I'm, I'm going to babble on a little bit more and then we can, then we can have a little chat. Um, so there's a lot of aspects of this situation that are very peculiar you know it has a flavor of being extremely participatory doesn't it I mean it's not a simple 
presentation like in a TV screen where the viewer is passive and the and the the uh, you know the, the activity is active and the, you know so you're just watching the show. It's it's a, it's a it's a very high degree of apparent interactivity. I mean, you can't really tell what's going on with that, but it feels like that, doesn't it? It feels like you're actually participating. You're actually you're not just being passive, passively watching something transpiring that's wholly outside of you. There's a there's this intense kind of a participatory flavor to it, and that's very interesting. There's the way. There's the mechanism of focus of attention, the way focus of attention dances around spontaneously and continuously. That's very interesting. Um, there's uh, there's the, the vast range of textures that the medium of experiencing seems to show up in. Sensory, you know, vision, the perception of light seems to be very different than the perception of thought seems to be very different than the perception of sound and the perception of touch and so on and so forth. That's very interesting. Um, and, you know, it, when you when you look at the details of the actual mechanism of this, the dynamism of this, you discover um, all sorts of aspects of, of the way it seems to be that are, that are very interesting. And all of these apparent modes that it seems to present in um, are fruitful areas of investigation and good things to look at and say wow that's interesting what's up with that How's, what's really going on there <clears throat> so this this sense of participation is very interesting um, what's, so how does that really work it seems like I can you know I can move my hand it seems like I'm doing that right but if I look very closely at all this again it gets very strange and very subtle because when I move my hand where does the impetus to move the hand come from? Where does the desire or the motivation come from? And so on and so forth. And so the simple notion of, oh, I'm doing it because I decided to do it, turns out to be just a just an assertion. And if you look very closely at what actually happens, it begins to get a little more mysterious. You know, why do I choose to do the things I choose to do? Why am I saying these precise words that I'm saying at this moment instead of some other words? Why did I decide to do that instead of decide to do that? How, what's the mechanism? What's happening there? What's doing that? Where's that coming from? Is it really some me that's sitting there looking over it all? I think the next word I say will be the. Is it really like that or is it, is it not? Is it, is it different than that? And so likewise, this, this, um, this sense of participation it turns out, like all interpretations, to be an oversimplification of something that is much more slippery and subtle and strange than that. Um, overall, as we talked about yesterday, great links. Um, overall, a real key to seeing through this um, uh, the, the the veracity of this all this apparent you know projection of, of event. Um, is in the unresolvability, the slipperiness of what it actually is in real time. In other words, if you look at anything in your experience that you used to thinking of is, it is this, it is that, it is this way, it is that way. When you look very closely at what's actually happening, you discover, well, I was oversimplifying that. It's not really like that. It's, it's weirder than that. It's stranger than that. It's slipperier than that. And the closer you look, Again, like trying to figure out what your face looks like in the mirror, the less 
certain you are about what's really happening because it turns out to be it turns out to be very strange and multidimensional and it doesn't come together into some kind of a clear simplicity of oh it's this way of course I thought it was that way and I looked and I found it very precisely being that it's exactly the opposite it turns out you can be more and more certain that things are a certain way if you don't look very closely as soon as you begin to look close, more closer at, at any phenomena whatsoever you discover wow it's, it's, it's more complex it's more subtle it's more multidimensional um, than I had been holding it to be and you look closer than that and you find even more so and you look closer than that and you find even more so um, and, and in, actu- in actuality any, anyone who is a, you know, an experienced yogi an experienced investigator of all of this will tell you that the very strange fact is it, when you, the closer you look for things the less you find there's, there's, it's like there's, it's, it's all it's all smoke and mirrors you know I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard the, the myth of Maya you know that in that Veda there's this Maya this sort of this projection of this is as being actual that, uh, that in actuality is essentially nothing at all <laughs> well it's not exactly nothing in any simple sense it's not a simple zero or else, or else, why would it seem to be so so solidly and convincingly like this? Um, but nonetheless, you know, you will, you can find if you if you pursue it that if you look very very closely at this, anything you look at essentially disappears. It doesn't it doesn't disappear into a simple nothing, but it 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 so utterly and vastly <coughs> transcends your your starting point of investigation as to be essentially as if it was nothing so you know you go looking for light and what you find as you know of course you don't ever get to the bottom of looking for light but after a long 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 investigation of penetrating into it more and more subtly you you know much less at the end of your search than you did at your start (laughs) like as you move into anything it becomes more and more of a question mark so this is a very interesting property that you know, it's it's very simple to find. This is experiential. This is not philosophy or theoretical or, or you know, heady argument. This is just empiric- Like look for yourself at your own damn experience, substantially, and you will notice this bizarre phenomenon. You know that things are more solid when you don't look at them, and the more look you look at them, the less solid, the less certain they become. And of course, I'm, I'm using the the language look as if it was visual, but of course in any dimension of experiencing you discover exactly the same principle you look at thought and thought seems to be I know what thought is I'm thinking all the time right we're all very familiar with thought but you go looking at well what is thought actually what is it that's, what is it that's happening when thought is appearing and you look at that and it's it, it's pretty darn weird and you look closer and it's even weirder and you look closer than that and it's even weirder and you sort of end up in just weird to the power of weird and where did the thought go I started out looking for thought and I'm just I don't know where I am where did I where do you end up so this is um, one principle one apparent principle of the nature of this actuality that is a really a really obvious access point to um, investigation to inquiry
and there are many others uh, in the instantaneity the fact that experience only happens in the instant and the instant has zero duration I mean that's pretty weird if you think you know normal thinking is well this is here you know it's here it's here for a while it's always now and now kind of lasts a while it's pretty you know it's pretty solid but if you look really really you know the sense is you know the past sort of becomes now and it hangs out being now for a while and then it kind of disappears and becomes the future but if you if you look very closely at time you discover something very strange it's always now but you can't find now like how how short is now well, it's shorter than that. You know, shorter than that, shorter than that. And again, you just, you look and, and, and again, it's not that it literally becomes shorter than you think it is, but you discover, wow, what's going on here has nothing to do with duration. It has nothing to do with how long it lasts or how short it lasts. It's not even like that. That category is just not even relevant. It's weirder than that. Same thing, so that's time. Same thing applies to space. And we have a very simple idea of space. You know, this is close, that's far. You know, and closer is bigger, farther is smaller, and perspective, and all that stuff, right? And you start looking at this stuff, and and again, it gets very slippery. You look at a dream. Uh, you know, when you're asleep before the dream appears, there's essentially no space or whatever there is there. It doesn't not particularly spatial. And you start dreaming, and all of a sudden, you can be standing on the rim of the Grand Canyon, and there's all this space. Where did it come from? It's just there it is. Virtual presentation, space. And then, you know, the dream stops and, and the space is like, it's just turned off like a, like a light switch or something. Here's all this space. You know, you suppose you're lying in your room at night, you know, you're lying cozy and warm in your bed, hopefully, and, you know, you're sort of looking around the room and seeing a little dim light and all that, and it's kind of nice and you doze off. Where's the room go? Where's the space that was in the room go when you go to sleep? It just, just turns off. Yeah. Peculiar. It's very peculiar. Oh, but the space is still there. I'm just not seeing it because I fell asleep. Prove it. You know, I mean, that's, that's logical. You know, that, that makes sense. It's coherent in terms of the theory that there's an external world. How do you know there's an external world? Well, I'm, I'm seeing it. Okay, what do you mean, how do I know there's an external world? What is this? You know, what is this stuff? What is, it, what is this, you know? I mean, it, but exactly, what is it? And you, you begin to look, if you look closely at that, you discover it's there because you're experiencing it. You close your eyes and the room disappears. It completely disappears. Some room that you've never walked into and you never will walk into, how existent is it? How real is it? You know, well, if it's there, it's there, so I know it's there, even if I don't see it. But that's an argument, that's thought. The thought's there, but where's the room? You know, there is no room until there is a room, and there's a room when the room's experienced. I mean, this is, you know, this is actually very commonsensical, and we use this all the time. How do you know what's real? What's real is what's experienced. If I say, oh, there's, you know, a UFO full of pink elephants just landed in the middle of the room, and they're bursting out with their blasters about to kill all of you, you know, and you look around and you say, I don't see any UFO pink elephants or blasters. It's just not real. It's just an idea. It's a thought. It's a fantasy. It's a delusion. It's a whatever. But where's? But there's no pink elephants. There's no UFO. There's no blasters. So it's not real. So 
we already use experiencing as the canon of reality. That's the yardstick by which something's real. If I say, you know, outside this room there's the street of San Rafael, and you walk outside the room and you see the street of San Rafael, you say, okay, yeah, that's real. But you say that because you experience it, right? Suppose you drop dead, all of a sudden, massive heart attack. You know, two seconds later, you're just gone. Where's San Rafael now? Where's New York? Where's the galaxy? Where's the material universe? And, and where is it right now when it's appearing? Is it, any, is it anywhere different after you're dead than it is right now? And when you go to sleep, San Rafael disappears, right? So where does it come from when it appears? Is it really here or is it, is it just, it just looks like that? So anyway, you know, the, all of this is just flirting with some possibilities of exploring the fact that the way experience actually works um, runs counter to the consensus reality um, idea and, and worldview of what our situation is, of what you are, of what's going on here. And um, the basic point of all this, the basic, the whole point of this weekend, the whole point of me bothering to talk to people about anything at all except um, what I'm interested in, um, um, which is basically sex and music, <laughs> is, um, is uh, because there's a punchline to this. The punchline is, if you look for yourself, you can discover this stuff. And if you discover this stuff, it is powerfully transformative in a way that I am claiming is really cool. And you can find that out for yourself by finding out for yourself. <laughs> um, so that is um, pretty much the whole shooting match. So I feel like I've recapitulated yesterday and kind of laid out the whole curriculum in broad strokes. And um, here we are. Now what? <laughs> So this has lots of implications and lots of details and lots of nuance, because obviously, even though this is the way it is, it presents itself as infinitely complex and infinitely nuanced in terms of different modes of experiencing, different modes of confusion, different modes of delusion. I mean, one interesting aspect of all this is the simple, the simple idea would be, oh, I leave, I leave confusion and misinterpretation and go to clear seeing of what this really is. But it turns out clear seeing of what this really is doesn't stop the delusion. When you see that you're watching a TV show and you see the TV, it doesn't turn off the program. And the program's still running. And so what's up with that? Well, that's just interesting. You get used to it. It's like, okay, cool. So I'm not Peter Brown, but Peter Brown is still here appearing, doing his thing, being the neurotic person that he is, and so on and so forth. So that's interesting. So, I mean, it's very easy in, in, in spirituality to have a simple black and white idea of, oh, there's samsara and there's nirvana. And nirvana solves samsara and kind of turns, shuts it off and eliminates that as an issue. And then you're sort of in bliss, sitting in a white robe on the top of a Himalayan peak, you know, with people laying flowers at your feet or whatever. But it, in actuality, it tends not to be quite like that. <laughs> and that's interesting, too. Because, you know, as a spiritual investigator, one seems to 
keeps it sort of it's easy I should say it's logical to expect to sort of leave one's delusion behind as one clearly sees what this is but you just but any experienced yogi will st- discover the strange phenomena that one's delusion is being dragged along with the one the whole the whole step of the way it never actually goes away <laughs> so when one investigates what this is and discovers its transcendental nature the 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 all of the seemings all of the apparition all of the the, the misinterpretations don't just m- magically disappear but they can be known for what they are you can come to see that interpretations are interpretations. You can come to see that the intelligence endlessly spits off these interpretations. You can come to see that these interpretations are always hypotheses and never completely accurate. You can tend to see that the nature of awareness and attention and personality has a proclivity to get lost in these interpretations and play with them as if they were actual, like, like the way a teenager gets lost in a computer game. You, know, you can come to see these phenomena but it's but that is not that doesn't necessarily make them cease. It's not a matter of a simplistic moving from delusion to clarity. Clarity turns out to be right smack in the middle of what you call delusion all along. But you just see it as what it is, rather than turning it off or mysteriously transforming it into plain vanilla and and um, you know. <laughs>